It was funny though, because you're like, uh, "You were you ready for this?" And I'm like, "Ready for what?" And you're like, "You gotta jump out and tie us up." I'm like, "I'm sorry. What? What do I have to do?" <laughs> I think no, you. I do not. I think you took jump out to like a to an extreme level, <laughs> where I meant like I'm gonna pull up to the dock and you just have to step onto the dock and tie us up. Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fellas? Welcome to episode 92. Aw, that was cute. Today is going to be a fun episode where we tell you all about visiting Voyagers National Park. And things you need to know before you visit. If you listen to the podcast on Apple iTunes, we'd love it if you left us a review. Actually, if you listen to our podcast on any app, leave us a review. But especially if you, leave, if you listen on Apple iTunes. You can get to it if you're like in your app. You can click on our podcast and leave the review there. You can also go to thefailas.com slash apple and leave that review there. All right, let's talk about Voyagers National Park. If you don't know where Voyagers National Park is, you'll find that... In Minnesota. In northern Minnesota along the Canadian border. And it's Minnesota's only national park. Do you know uh, where or what part of Canada? Does anyone know that? Yes. Uh, no, Ontario. Yeah, Ontario. Ontario. Good, Kylie. Was that what you were going to guess, Lex? She had some letters right, just in the wrong order. What were you saying? Nah. She, oh. she said, nah. 40% of the area of Voyagers is covered in lakes. So if you plan on going to this park and not going on a tour, boat tour, or renting a boat, or taking your own boat, you're not going to have that much fun. Because yeah, the you, entire park pretty much is in the water. Your options are going to be limited as far as what you can do here without some sort of watercraft. The park was established in 1975. It's 341 square miles of lakes that include streams, tons of fresh water. Um, it's all surrounds the Cabotogama Peninsula. We're not going to say that word anymore during this podcast. We're just going to call it cab. All the locals call it cab. So we're just going to go by cab from now on. <laughs> Mostly because I can't say that word. <laughs> so. Yes, it is 218,055 acres. It's four large lakes and 26 smaller interior lakes. Plus, there's more than 27 miles of hiking trails in the park. 27, that's it. Normally you hear like hundreds. Yeah. This one only has 27. We don't have the number, but there's probably also like 500 islands throughout here. Oh, yeah. There's hundreds of islands, some little tiny islands, some fairly good-sized islands. But all throughout this whole area is just islands and islands. The park is named after the French-Canadian voyagers or travelers that came through the area. Uh, they transported furs and other trade goods between places like Montreal and points further west. Beaver. Beaver pelts. And they used what kind of canoe? North canoe. Ooh, good job, Lex. And we saw some, didn't we? What, what yeah. do they look like? They look like kind of 
they look leather, but they're not. They look leather and they're like canoes. Yeah, they're, they look, they're like wood canoes, right? Yeah, but they're, they're wood yeah. canoes, and they look like a normal canoe, but they're longer. Yeah. And then they have, like, yeah. curves yeah, on Yeah, little end. deeper ends. Yeah. Probably to battle the the waves. Yeah, the front and the back are kind of um, curved up a little bit. Curved inward. This area was formed by glaciers. Actually, the last set of glaciers that came through this area 10,000 years ago formed this area. And the four largest lakes are Rainy Lake, Cab Lake, Namakan Lake, and Sandpoint Lake. We stayed in International Falls. Is that, I mean, there's actually multiple cities probably in this area. But International Falls is known as the icebox of the country. And apparently, at least this is what my dad says. I don't know if this is true. But uh, this is where all the cold weather starts and moves throughout the country. And if you look at their weather patterns, I kind of believe it. Yeah, we were talking to some locals when we were at a, an event, and uh, he said that it's it's nothing uncommon to be 20 to 30 below for long periods of time. In the winter. In it's the actually winter, too yeah. cold for snow. I mean, he said we do get feet of snow, but I was expecting there to be, like, the most snow ever, and he says, no, it can actually get too cold for snow. Yeah. And so the spring temperatures are 50 to 60s, falls are 30 to 60s, and then the cold, like we said, the winter is 0 to 30s. The average weather for summertime is between 50s and 70s. I think when we were there, it was like 76, 77. It may have got to 80, but I don't think it did. It seems to be like milder summers up there. Than and it we is. were there right in August, too, which yeah. is probably one of the warmer months. There are no entrance fees to Voyagers National Park, and Verizon service seems to work pretty good there, for Almost, the most part. Yeah, most places it did. Yeah, I think once we started driving to some of the visitor centers, it did not work. Um, but Rainy Lake Visitor Center area and that whole area worked great. Yep. And the entire lake, I'm pretty sure, at least the entire lake that we explored, had great service. Yeah. Like, enough to actually do a video call. So, it was pretty good. Pets are allowed on... One trail, Rainy Lake Recreation Trail in the National Park. The other trails, they are not allowed. And they're also allowed in the visitor center areas and, like, the parking lots, any of the roads. This is normal National Park stuff. Just not in the visitor centers. Yep, exactly. And they are allowed on um, the lake, obviously. (laughs) And we rented a boat. They were allowed in the boat, and they were allowed out on the lake. Uh, They're allowed at... The front country campsites, they are not allowed at the back country sites. And I think these are located like within the peninsula, the Cab Peninsula. There is an airport in International Falls if you want to fly right in and stay in a hotel or whatever. Um, you can do that. Um, if you're staying in the campgrounds, there are quite a few campgrounds. And shockingly, a lot of them are resort style, so they're quite expensive. Um, but we actually found a pretty good one. It was Arnold's Campground in Rainy Lake area. And it's it written was, International Falls, actually. Yep. And it was $40 a night. Yep. Which I didn't know about. Which is, it's full hookups. <laughs> it's uh, really close proximity to pretty much all the things that we were going to do. But it was $40. So it was over our limit. He didn't tell me, though. Tony didn't tell me that until we were leaving. we were either going to stay there or skip (laughs) Voyagers National Park, so I made the call. Yeah, good call. (laughs) 
There is a really cool fact on the National Park website that I thought was really interesting. Yeah, we read this on one of the informational signs at a spot that we stopped. It says, Voyager's National Park is one of the few places in North America where you can see and touch rocks half the age of the Earth. The exposed rock you see all around is the southern edge of the Canadian Shield, a gigantic dome of volcanic bedrock that forms the core of the continent. This bedrock is from the birth of North America. How cool is that? So you can literally touch rock that's like from the beginning of time. Billions of years old, yeah. At least the beginning of time for North America. Yep. Which was created by volcanoes and massive eruptions that deposited layer upon layer of ash and lava. Then glaciers came in, messed it all up. Yep. Left some lakes behind, and now we get to explore this great area that I loved. It was awesome. It was. Uh, yeah, I I didn't really know what to expect other than, like, we've done some national park units in school, and we learned a little bit about Voyagers, but it's another one of those things where you kind of have an idea, but then once you get there, it's it's totally different experience. I expected it to be kind of like a forest almost. With, like, a couple lakes and rivers or something. But then when we got here, there was a lot of water. Yeah. Like, all water. It's like an <laughs> ocean with a million islands. In it. So, I thought um, Voyagers National Park would be, like, not even a forest. I thought it was just going to be, like, a plain field with dead grass and just, like, one tiny little river and then, like, a couple trees. And that's all I thought, but... So you didn't really know what to expect at all? No. I was pleasantly surprised to see what was here. I I expected there to be, like, a lot of water, obviously, and trees and stuff, but I didn't think that it would be as cool. And honestly, like, we will talk about it here shortly, but we rented a boat, and I think that if we wouldn't have rented a boat, it would have been more what I expected. Mm -hmm. You know, looking at the water from the shoreline, yeah, pretty, looks great. I can see the islands. Because I did expect there to be islands in Mm -hmm. the water, and I, that, you know, that boundary water feel. Yeah, and... (laughs) Um, like I expected there to be people fishing and, yeah. you know, I, I did expect to see that. Um, but I think getting out on the water and seeing it from the water out, uh, was a little bit different of an experience and made it way cooler for me at least. Yeah. I, same, same for me. I didn't expect all the rock, which was really a pleasant surprise for me because I like that kind of stuff. But I also kind of in my head, I was, I was expecting more marshy. Yeah. I and was... that's not marshy really at all. Yeah, I was expecting that, too. Like, when the girls wanted to swim, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if we're going to be swimming too much. Yeah, I was concerned when the kids wanted to swim because I was like, oh, boy, it's going to be swampy and marshy, a lot of seaweed. But um, it wasn't like that at all. There were a couple areas that we went um, that was a little bit, that did have a little bit more seaweed. Like, for example, when we stopped near the rock garden, that area was kind of seaweedy. And actually, that was like one of the first things we did. And I was like, oh, boy, this is exactly what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, these kids are not going to go swimming in this. Um, but then we ended up finding like some beach areas. And it was super clean. And it was clear. crystal clear. Yeah. yeah. All right. That leads us into what you can do in this area. What are some things to do? The first thing I wanted to talk about is the Ellsworth Rock Gardens. Uh, this you... Need to take a boat to. Yep. This is on the northern side of Cab Lake. 
And it is marked on all the maps too. So yep. it is like a common place that people go. Yeah. And it is managed by the park service and there's a lot of volunteers and stuff. It was private property at one point. Yeah. Jack Ellsworth created the garden. He's a self-taught artist and he made these like rock sculptures on this hill and they're kind of abstractish. Like, um, there's a duck and if you like walk around the duck, for example, you can see it, but in some areas you can't, mm -hmm. it's kind of cool though. Yeah. He made, he just basically took, I saw the cat. I think you took a photo yeah. of like a cat. Yeah. Totally looks like a cat. Um, pretty cool. And what the thing about it is he was like a carpenter and with no masonry experience or sculpting or art experience. So it kind of like, it's just something that he wanted to make. It started out with, um, he was making a bunch of flower beds, him mm -hmm. and his wife. They made a ton of like terraced flower beds. And then they started adding sculptures, just kind of getting creative and adding all these sculptures in. It make took them 20 years yep. to do it. And they've planted 13,000 lilies and other flower variations in this area. It was really cool. But when we came, the, the lilies weren't all in bloom yet. Or maybe they, maybe they already were passed. Yeah. yeah, I there were some there, but yeah, the all most of the flower beds were pretty much done for the season, I think. But that was really cool. They that area has a what does it have a pit toilet, has a yep. big dock. If you're taking your own boat, you can dock yourself, or one of the cruises goes there. There's a picnic area there. Yep, it's kind of a popular area. I mean, when we were there, there was probably three other boats there. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're in the dock. The dock can hold quite a few boats, but if you might just have to wait in the water for a space yep. if um, if there's too many people there. Moving on with things to do, you you have a ton of different winter activities. If you go in the winter time, obviously ice fishing is a big deal here. Snowmobiling, yeah. cross country skiing, snowshoeing, but um, the ice fishing is probably the biggest thing. I mean, they have. Um, like trailers that go out on, they call them the ice castles, I think yep. he said, that go out on the water because the ice is so thick. Yeah, he was, the guy we were talking to, he ice fishes. He says in some spots it gets more than three feet thick and where like his his power auger bottoms out and it doesn't even get all the way through the ice. He has to use a ice pick, like a long spear type thing to actually get all the way through the ice. It's crazy. Yeah, that would be so cool. If you visit that area, you'll see how popular the fishing is. There's fit tons of fishing events. There's fish markets and you know, all the restaurants sell fish. So it's, it's definitely one of those places you go if you, if you like freshwater fish like that. I think the fishing is very good on this lake. Yeah, all the <laughs> lakes throughout this area, yeah. It, I mean, everywhere we looked, we were, again, there in August. Everywhere we looked, there were people fishing, and, you know, it looks like it's, like, a big deal for the fishing here. Well, I was say, we should mention that we didn't really do any activities on Rainy Lake, which is the lake that's right on the Rainy River, which is, like, International Falls area. Most of our activities are concentrated at the visitor centers or on Cab Lake. Another activity to do is boating, and this is pretty much the rest of the year, not winter, obviously. <laughs> but boating is probably one of the biggest deals here mm -hmm. um, because, like we said earlier, the entire thing is four large lakes and 26 smaller ones that are all kind of connected in this network. And so uh, most of the activities start with a boat. You can rent canoes, kayaks, motorboats, um, and you can also take guided tours. A lot of these will take you out to the peninsula that has hikes and different things. And 
some of these areas you have to take a boat to. Like there's a few hikes that you have to take a boat to to take that hike. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, most of these activities start with a boat. Yeah, and you can find boat tours through the National Park Service. They have their own boats. We rented a boat. There are several boat rental places that you can get either fishing boats or pontoon boats. And just driving from one place to another between visitor centers and stuff, there's signs at people's residences I saw that they had like private boat tours. Mm -hmm. Like somebody owns a boat that lives on the lake and they use pay them and they take you out and show you a bunch of uh, points of interest. So that's also an option. And to be honest, I think that if you want to do a tour, that would be the way to go. I always love like local people. Yeah. I think you're going to get the most bang for your buck that way. Um, the Less crowds. Yeah, the commercial places and the national park places, they have their same route that they're going to take every single time. Where if you go to these like families and people on the lake, you could probably make a custom tour. You could tell them, you know, I'm really interested in otters. And he'll be like, oh, I know the perfect place to take you. And he'll take you over to the yep. where the otters are, you know. Or like, yeah, if you're... If you have a 600 millimeter lens for your camera and you want to take pictures of eagles and eagle nests or an osprey nest, most of those guys will know exactly where to take you. Yeah. And I'm not, we didn't call any of these places, so I don't know for sure how well they'd work out, but I would assume that, that they would be much easier to find like a custom tour yep. than one of the other places. And we rented our boat um, from the Pines of Cab. <laughs> Pines of Cabotogama. Yeah, and it was about $330, and that's including the gas that we had to fill it up at the end of the day. So it was not that much at all. We had the boat all day. You can actually pick it up at 8.30. Yep, 8.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Yep, so you can have it literally all day. Um, it's a pontoon boat, so it holds quite a few people. There was just us on it, but it would hold more. Yeah, I think we had, um, I don't remember the size, maybe about a 18 or 20-foot pontoon there was definitely room for more people but uh it worked out great for us four of us and our two dogs went and we took our like camp stove and stuff like that and you can't obviously cook on the boat yeah 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 but um but you are able to cook on on shore obviously yeah and we'll talk about that and the boat that we had was outfitted with like a really nice um state-of-the-art garmin like a marine gps it had depth finder which worked out amazing because another thing about this lake especially cab lake but all, all of them i imagine is water hazards which is mostly rocks that's why actually the national park tour that we had scheduled was canceled because they hit something so we were a little nervous but the garmin made it really easy to see everything and as long as you're just driving slow and not yeah. being crazy um i think you would be fine as long as you have just a tiny bit of boating experience yep. at one point i was told that I had to get out of the boat and tie us up. And I was super freaking out about that because I've never done that. I'm like, uh, no, the boat has to be steady before I can get out. Uh, but thankfully, there was somebody there and helped us. <laughs> so, some experienced boaters. Yeah, some experienced boaters were Plus, already on the dock. At that point, we had kind of the wind working against us at the position of the dock. So it was like we were drifting really fast. And so that was making it a challenge as well. Yeah. But it all worked out. We had help. It was funny, though, because you're like, uh, you were you ready for this? And I'm like, ready for what? And you're like, you gotta jump out and tie us up. I'm like, I'm sorry, what what do I have to do? 
I think no, you. I, do not. I think you took jump out to like a to an extreme level, where I meant like I'm gonna pull up to the dock and you just have to step onto the dock and tie us up. But you, I think that you is panicked still jumping. when I said that. <laughs> yeah, that's still jumping out. I like to be tied up and uh, the boat to be steady before I can get out. <laughs> I could have done it. I, I know jumping. you said that, but I could just see you going in. <laughs> Anyways. That was fun, though. I highly recommend that. If you plan on coming to this area, just budget it in. You know, like budget in. When we go to Voyagers, we're going to have to pay this for camping, and we need to pay this for running a boat because that made it so much more cooler to to us. And I would do it again. Like I would do our pontoon rental and everything all over again. Yes, if we If we go back to that area, for sure. It was fun. All right, some more things to do. Bird watching. This is a big deal. There's so many birds. Ospreys are a big deal here. We saw some bald eagles eating. was pretty cool. And then another bird that's very popular in this area are the loons, the common loons. The loons were cool because uh, we saw a few in different spots, and you, but you can hear them for probably like, like a quarter of a mile. And yeah. it's kind of eerie sounding. We went past them, and they're way behind us, and they're still doing their loon sound. Yeah, we even had, like, the boat motor going and stuff. You could still hear them. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Spooky-ish. And we saw one mom and then two babies. Yeah, sure enough. They weren't baby babies, but they were a little bit older. Another thing to do is animal watching. Tell us some animals we can see, girls. Deer, black bear, moose. But moose are very uncommon. Moose are scarce. They're... The one of the rangers said that there's about maybe forty in the whole park. Yeah. So you're unlikely to see moose there. There's otters. There's beavers. There's gray wolves. There's fox. Red fox. Foxes. Red foxes. Um. They're also very rare, but they also have lynx and bobcats in this area yeah, as yeah. well. And we did see some otters, right? Yep. Two or three playing around. Yep, playing around the water. My goal was try finding a black bear, but nope. Yeah, we didn't see a black bear. We didn't see any wolves. That's what I wanted to see. <laughs> they did say uh, there are, what about, seven, seven, eight, or nine packs of gray wolves throughout the whole park? Maybe even throughout the whole area. That's quite a few. Yeah. So before we went to this park, we actually watched a webcam. There isn't like an entire group or a family of otters that just kept running back and forth. Mm -hmm. And it was three or four otters each time. It was hilarious. They just kept running back and forth. There was also a lot of wolves. Yeah, there's a lot of (laughs) wolf packs. Like you'd see one and then two seconds later there'd be like an entire pack. Mm -hmm. We'll link that webcam. It was pretty cool. And then there was a lot of deer too. And we also, there was, it looked like a deer coming out of the side of the uh, camera. But we thought it was going to be a deer, but then it started walking into the middle of the camera, and it was this big, giant bull moose. Oh, that was super cool. We also saw deer. What other kind of aquatic animals are there, other than the ones you already named? Otters, beavers, and fish. What, what else besides fish are swimming around in this lake? Leech. Yeah. Yeah, there's more, leech, more leeches in this water than I expected. We saw a couple big fat ones swimming around that we pulled one out of the water and was inspecting it. 
And then I had a handful of them on my feet because I was wading around in shallow water. And then Lexi actually had one on her leg. It was creepy, scary. The thing about leeches, though, you can assure everybody that they don't hurt, right? Because you didn't even know it was on you. And I was like, hey, Lexi, you got a leech on your leg. And you went immediately into a swipe it off and scream. Bloody murder. Bloody murder, yeah. <laughs> so we talked to a park ranger, and he said that actually the big fat leeches are actually not leeches. They just they just eat dead fish. Yep. But the tiny ones are the ones that suck your blood in. Another thing to do here is stargazing. Of course, we didn't get to go stargazing because it was cloudy every single night. But stargazing is a big deal, and they have a lot of ranger programs that allow or that do stargazing, which would be really cool. There was one when we were there, but it was canceled because of the sky. Yeah, and uh, Voyagers is actually an international dark sky park. It's a great place for viewing northern lights when they're active, which uh, at the visitor centers you'll find their little pinup board. Uh, they have a aurora forecast for that day, like the likelihood. And it was the forecast for the aurora was low the whole time we were there. I was checking my phone app as well because <laughs> I knew that you know there could be a good opportunity to see them, uh, but no dice. We talked about fishing and how that's a great activity to do in this area, but we didn't talk about the types of fish there that they have. Walleye is a big one. They have northern pike, and they have bass, and then I also heard they have sturgeon. They have black crappies. Yeah, <laughs> crappie. <laughs> oh. It's Where an A. You, that's Is how it? it's spelled, yes. It, but there's perch. Works. There's all kinds of good panfish. The walleye was my favorite. I had some while I was there. Another activity is hiking. There are several trails that are from easy to challenging. And, again, some of these trails you can do from the mainland, but some of them you need a boat to take you to the trailhead. Yep. Uh, We, however, only did one trail while we were there. It was the Rainy Lake Recreation Trail. It's 1.7 miles, 75 miles one way. It's marked as easy. It's an easy one. It's paved. It is hilly. Yes. And you can also do camping in that area. We talked about this a little bit, where we camped with our RV. It's outside of the park. Inside of the park, there are camping sites that require a watercraft. Yep. And there's campsites that require reservations and permits. There's front country camping, which I'm assuming is the camping that is, like, on the mainland. And then there's backcountry camping that you need to take a canoe to which would be super cool to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that I think of a lot when I think of like board, um, boundary waters. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you could do it here as well. For those, you just need a um, permit, and then you can just take the canoe anywhere you want to go into the areas that allow it, and you can camp wherever you want. And then, of course, they have hike-in on the mainland, primitive camping as well that you can do. Another cool thing to do here is... To stay, obviously, you can do hotels, camping. The other cool thing is houseboats. Yeah, houseboats are very popular on this lake. As a matter of fact, there are multiple dozens of houseboat mooring sites along the shorelines of some of the islands and some of the shoreline. We actually stopped and did a picnic at one that was vacant. 
Yeah, you do need a permit for some of these as well. And just to just to clarify, houseboat is not just the houseboat you're thinking in your head where it's like this big square houseboat with rooms. A houseboat on this lake is defined as anything that has sleeping facilities, cooking and food storage facilities, um, and a no-discharge toilet. So if you have just a regular boat that has that as well, all three of those things, it's considered... A houseboat and you can stay at the houseboat designated spots which are very lake. cool yeah and also some of them have like slides that go off of the boat. Oh, some are, of the houseboats yeah. yeah some of the bigger normal houseboats do have slides and stuff like that and you can rent them which is really i cool. wish if we ever come back i really do want to rent a houseboat it would be pretty cool so they have designated sites throughout the park. These are symbol. They have like a symbol, a houseboat symbol right on the sign. And you can't park there if you don't have one. Now, of course, Tony just said we did. <laughs> but there are a lot of spots on this lake for houseboats. And we were there at noon and we only stayed like an hour and a half or two hours. And if a houseboat was coming near us, we would have obviously moved really quickly. Um, they also have undesignated sites which is any undeveloped shoreline location that is 200 yards away from any developed site that you can stay at. And there's a limit of two houseboats per area. And again, houseboats are required to get a permit. So you go on the lake, you get your permit, and you can stay anywhere that you can find. And it looks like it would be a good time to be out there on that lake because it doesn't get crazy big seas, high seas or whatever. You know, it's not like if you get out in the middle of Lake Michigan or Lake Superior – it could be dangerous in high winds or in a storm or something. This lake, it's a bit, it's a very big lake, or all these lakes are very big, but I don't think big enough to get dangerous. Some things for the kids. They obviously have a junior ranger program, which the girls did. An obvious activity, swimming. We did that quite a few spots. Yeah, there's despite being a lot of rock, uh, there are a lot of sandy beaches. Some of them are good sand. Some of them are rough sand. We stopped at several different places, and one of them was really very coarse. Yeah. That one had a little bit bigger rocks Yeah, than the one before. The one before was absolutely perfect. It was like fine sand. Yeah, I cut up there. The other one was very coarse. So it was like just walking barefoot through it. It was kind of like grinds your feet. Yeah, like works your calluses. Yeah. (laughs) One time we were just boating and we stopped in the middle of the water and we jumped in i jumped in first i don't know why (laughs) and everything was green and it was deep i felt like i was sinking and then dad jumped in which moved me even more i jumped in next to you with the gopro in my hand and uh right before i launched into the water somehow the gopro turned off Oh, yeah, I just looked at the video the other day and I was like, oh, man, that is also really fun to do. Um, Just swim because the lake is so steady, like there's not a lot of waves. So it's easy to do that as well in the middle of the water. Yeah, we found like a kind of a little lagoon that was still I think we were in about 25 feet of water. It was nice, calm surface, crystal clear water. So we decided we were going to jump in. It was freezing. It was green. It was very cold water. I was like, it was probably, I think the water temperature was maybe 63 degrees or something. Shocked you? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but Lexi swam almost all the way around the boat. 
And I held, so we took our dogs on the boat, and I held our Le- Freya's dog leash overboard in case Lexi needed it. <laughs> Another fun thing to do on the lake is picnics. There's lots of different designated picnic areas throughout the park and on the water. Some of the islands have just, it's like a smaller island, and there's a dock there that you can, you know, hook up to mm-hmm. and then get out and just have a little picnic. It's really cute. Yeah, some of them are day-use areas. That's the second one we went to. It was called Shoepack Beach. That was a day-use, had a picnic table, had a fire ring. Some of the fire rings, I think all the fire rings that I saw at the different places, they all had, like, the uh, grate, like the swing-out grate, so you could actually cook over the fire if you wanted to, if you didn't have a grill with you. It's actually very well organized, the entire park. I was very impressed. There's quite a few areas that they have the pit toilets, so you can just look at your map and, and find a pit toilet if you have to go to the bathroom, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. So when it, at the place where there is the coarse sand, mm-hmm. uh, that pit toilet in there, it was so <laughs> funny because it was, it There's said. There's actually a sign. And so we went looking for it. And at the end of the trail, we were like, what is this? It was no, there was no building. It was just a toilet in the middle of the forest. So people just are supposed to go? Yep. Yeah. With nothing around them? Yep. Interesting. I was like, what if a bear comes over here? <laughs> I, don't, I didn't have my phone, so I couldn't get a picture of it. Just a <laughs> random toilet in the middle of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It was hilarious. Okay, Maybe. Lexi, your comment. Maybe that toilet isn't for people. Maybe it's for bears and animals. <laughs> and uh, the rock gardens, we were walking on the path, and... We walked in, and then we looked behind us, and sure enough, there was a red squirrel behind us squeaking, eating. Yeah, and he was kind of angry at us. Yeah. I was like, this is, we are not Turons, leave us alone. Because <laughs> he was yelling at us, coming closer to us. I was like, oh boy, we're going to be stuck in this in this bathroom. We're going to have to call Tony to come get us. <laughs> I was really thinking we were going to have to call you to come get us. I was glad. That's why I looked to see if we had service. That's why I know we had service in most of the areas. <laughs> come get you from the killer squirrel. Yeah. From the rabid red squirrel. Well, I mean, I had flip-flops on, and it was like coming. It was like charging us a little bit. Well, I scared it away by stomping. Yeah. But, um, and then finally, the other thing to do in this area is there's three visitor centers. Um, there's the Rainy Lake Visitor Center, which is located near International Falls. This is the largest visitor center. There's the Cab Lake Visitor Center, which is situated on Cab Lake. And the final one is Ash River Visitor Center. This one was really cool. It's like an old cabin. Yeah. So out of, uh, Rainy Lake is obviously the largest one. I would recommend going there. They have a lot of cool displays there. Yeah, but I would also recommend going to the Ash River one just because it's probably one of the most unique ones. You know, the cabin is very unique. It's pretty cool. Yeah, a long time ago, that was a a resort for people to go, and the only way to get there was by boat. Uh, there was no roads there yet. But then they turned it into the National Park and the Visitor Center, and it's very unique. It's just It's like a legit log cabin. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They have a movie there. They have some movies about the park that you can watch there. Um, they do have restrooms and stuff. 
And if you are a passport stamp chaser, yeah, um, that is three passport stamps right there. But there is also one at the um, Kettle Falls, which you can only get to via boat. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. If you take a boat tour or a boat um, and you go there, I think there's like a ranger station, something like that um, near Kettle Falls that you can get your stamp. We did not get that one. It was just too far for us to drive. Like we ended up spending too much time. <laughs> on <Yep>. the beach. <laughs> um, and then there's another one at Crane. Crane Lake. Yep, Crane Lake. There's a ranger station there. Um, it's it's actually closed most of the time. Yeah, it's, they had they just had like a stamp station. Yeah, there's a stamp outside. Now, I don't think it's unmanned. I think there is a ranger that stays there, but it's like mm. his private residence. So okay. he's in, yeah, he, it's closed up and there's just a stamp resident there. So you just don't, you can't go in and visit and look around. It's just... We didn't go to that one either because it's at the far end. And I think that's why they put a ranger station there, just so that there's a ranger that can overlook that area because it's so far away from everything else. Um, And then finally, there is a headquarters in town in Rainy Lake. It was actually closed while we were there. They have two stamps there. Um, But it was closed for construction when we were there. Yep. And also, if you're wanting to get to these visitor centers by boat, uh. I know for sure the Cab Lake and the Ash River both have docks where you can dock your boat. Oh, we could have did that. When we were on the boat, we could have just docked it there. When we were on the water near the Ash River Visitor Center, they have a national park sign that's kind of out on a peninsula, like a bluff. And we got some pictures of that. It's really cool. It's and a neat some... way to get a park sign because normally it's on the road. So yeah. this is kind of cool. So, yeah, th- there's also some docks that you could park at there that's where we saw the north canoe there yeah yep. oh yes we also the next day the day we were leaving we went to the rainy lake visitor center to get a couple stickers and also i got a stuffed animal bald eagle that's pretty <laughs> amazing it is and i got a black bear it's very cute and soft what'd you name him mine's voyager his name is cab cute Cute, cute. That was our adventures at Voyagers National Park. I would give it a uh, 9 out of 10 for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Me too. Shockingly, I think this went to the top 10 for me of parks. Um, Of course, it's towards the lower end just because it has no mountains, and I'm obsessed with mountains. Um, But this is actually up there, and I think it's the experience that we had on the water um, and exploring it from that area. It was a lot of fun, Um, a a good family adventure for us. And I got, for me, bucket list animal otters Mm -hmm. playing in the water, which is very cool. But we've seen otters away, playing in the water. Ocean shores. But that was, those are (laughs) sea otters. (laughs) So you went to see river otters. River otters. And, like, the rock formations, how everything is just, like, it's very volcanic-looking all mm-hmm. over the place, other than being black. You know, it's not, like, that black volcanic rock. It's, like, the granite everywhere. I also really like this because it reminded me of Picture picture Rocks. Yeah. Because of, like, how there's the jagged rocks coming out, and yep. it's, yep. like, raised up above the water, and then there's trees growing on top of it. Yeah, exactly. That and you know reminded else? me of picture docks. Also, the Black Hills area, like the Custer State Park yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Some of those lakes that are just surrounded by like all the granite and the gneiss and all that stuff. Mine is probably, I don't know, six, seven out of ten. <laughs> Why? It's a meh. 
It's a man. Whatever. There was a you lot of. A, we all had a lot of fun, uh, especially being on the boat. Like I love being on the water, no matter what. If it's a if it's a tour boat or a pontoon or kayak, I love being out on the water. And every time we do it, I'm like, "Yep, someday I'm gonna have a boat." Yeah, yeah. but we got to be on a lake. I don't want to have to take my boat to the lake to get in the water. I really liked the colors, and we were there in August, late August. Yep. Um, and there was some colors happening already, I think, yep. in a couple spots. I think in prime color season, A-plus for this area. Good spot to go, especially out on the water. I would wear a sweatshirt probably, but it would be super pretty along those rocks, um, like you said, with the trees growing on the rock. I just think that is so cool. In some of those spots, there's these, like, huge rock hills, and there's trees growing on these rocks. Like, how does that even happen? <laughs> it's so cool. So pretty. You see the moss growing. I mean, perfect pictures, especially when they were red. So yep. I mean, if you can see them in some color, and they have a lot of evergreen as well. So those fall photos would look really cool because you'd have a lot of green, but also, you know, the red and other stuff poking through. And they didn't bite, but there was a lot of annoying, like, mayflies or something. Oh, yeah. At the there beginning, were, like, yeah, there was. Lake flies or something. Oh, we met a, we talked to a lot of people that called them a bunch of different things. Yeah. yeah. But they were really annoying, but they didn't hurt us at all. Yeah, there was, like, when we first got to the pontoon, there was, like, a bunch of swarms of them. But once we got out on the lake, kind of got rid of them all. Yeah, but they were hanging on for dear life on top of our boat. So yeah. Dad had to shake the <laughs> thing up. Well, yeah. I mean, it top. wasn't too bad, but yeah, it was it kind of annoying. Yeah. Like, they just kind of swarm around you, but they don't really attack you they like don't flies bite or, anything. Yeah. or mosquitoes. They just swarm around you. People just ignore them, but yep. it was gross. But they're annoying. Yeah. All right, that's a wrap. I think we've explained how awesome voyages are, and we hope that you check it out. And when you do, you have just as much fun as we did. Yeah, if you're, it's it's definitely not a park that you just swing by. You know, on the way to something, it's definitely out of out of the way, but it is worth it. Mm -hmm. But plan for it and make sure you budget in and plan for the boat tour or a pontoon rental, you know, a pontoon rental or a yourself. fishing boat rental. If, you, if you're if you're more into fishing than we are, um, it's it would definitely be worth it. There was we saw a ton of those boats out there and people fishing all over the place. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Give us the <laughs> sound. I'm going to say it and you got to do it. No. If it sounds bad, we'll take it out. Just do it. You do it so good, Kylie. Okay. Oh my God. That was awful. <laughs> and you can't get if worse than that. If I was a loon, that. that's what I'd sound like. You can't get worse than that, Kylie. All right. Should I hit the intro? That's a bad idea. Leave that sitting on the ground, please. <laughs> Kylie, stop moving. <laughs> you should really sit on the ground. Yeah, I kind of want to anyways. <laughs> Surrounding. <laughs> okay, you say that bullet. <laughs> I'll say the next one. That's what our guy at the campground said. Okay. I tried saying it one day. I said, we spent all day on Lake Cab... Uh, he goes, we just call it Cab. <laughs> <laughs> cab. Uh. Okay, ready? Go.
Is Cab like the Cab of the Goma? Yeah. yeah. That's what it is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was a, the Cab of the Goma, and then there it's, was a Cab. No, one they call it Cab-like. Cab-like. Glaciation, period. <laughs> What's that word? This, Let me say it. I'm going to say it a different way. House, but houseboat.